Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Happy December. Happy holidays. Yes, it's December uh, So, as you can see, we're posting on a Wednesday. So, for just as a reminder, this entire month we post just on Wednesdays for the remainder of the month. Just so that Laura and I can spend our time with our family and friends and figure out life throughout the holidays because it gets hectic. So hectic and birthdays too so we're we're fortunate that literally so many birthdays are in december for both of us so um yeah so today we're talking about um, procedures that aren't really for everybody Mm -hmm. and you'll kind of see what i mean because i had an instance that just came up today that really mine was yesterday really kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't know why they were doing it so I had to talk to my PTs and just kind of get the lowdown on the benefits and whatnot and then Laura had hers happen yesterday Um, so let's go ahead and just jump right in. Let's do it. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. So how many times have you had a patient who has is talking to like another patient? And they talked about the procedure they had. And then automatically they've gone into like, well, why can't I have that done? Or how come that's not being done on me? Yet they have completely different things. I've had I feel like I find it more often that patients bond over having the same procedure. Yeah. Versus having different procedures. Definitely bond over the same procedure, but like I've had patients come in who are both lower back, for example, and they're bonding over their lower back pain. One is, uh, you know, post or has had a previous fusion and another one doesn't. Another one's like, oh, yeah, the traction works great for me. Another one goes, well, how come I'm not getting traction? I want the traction. And then you have to educate them. And so that came up um, again for me yesterday. Um, with shockwave therapy, I was talking to some patients because I recently found out that I will be having a fourth and hopefully final surgery on my Achilles. Um, but we are trying shockwave therapy prior to the surgery. Now, disclaimer, most likely the shockwave therapy, the doctor doesn't really think it's going to work based off of the location that I'm having most of my pain, but we are doing it because I am starting to get some tendonitis. Tendonitis, I feel like they go back and forth nowadays um, in the peroneals. So we started doing shockwave therapy. So I was talking to some patients about it and a patient right away was like, how come I don't get it? And so it did. It goes into a lot of educating patients on what the procedure was. Now, I will tell you, I was not an expert in shockwave at all, and I still by no means an expert in shockwave. Um, I've kind of heard a little bit about it. I know the basic theories of like it's supposed to help prevent or it's supposed supposed to help promote, there we go, healing by bringing good blood flow, helping break up any adhesions from my understanding, um, and all that jazz. Uh, So I did a little bit more research. Um, but just so everybody's kind of aware, it has been around for a while, actually. It's been around since like 1980, but originally it was used for like kidney stones. However, though, they started doing more research on it recently and its benefit in the therapy world, the therapeutic world, 
and seeing its benefits on um, tissue health and um, really the big one was tendons. And so I found a, a research article from like 2018. So again, it's not super, super new, but it's still fairly new that I feel like it's just starting to get rolled out to more populations. And honestly, based off of this article and the protocols that they set and the parameters and they did different body parts and everybody came back saying that they had like an 80% improvement in their pain, if not all the way to 100. And um, so it's definitely one that works and it's proven to work. Uh, Now, a lot of patients don't know what it is. A lot of PTs don't know what it is and a lot of PTAs don't know what it is. So just a quick little what it is, so you can always explain to patients, is it is literally a little wand that they kind of guide, almost think of like an ultrasound wand. That's kind of what looks the best stuff. But inside that wand is literally a mechanic, mechanism, I don't know how to say it, but it comes up and it drops and it hits this plate. Then that plate hits the plate against your skin and then sends... Uh, waves through your body technically so it's not fun it doesn't feel great um I've i was had gonna say like session. it's did before you have done these recent rounds have you done it before no or so like, this is you... my very first time okay so shockwave therapy in my experience i've had a couple patients ask for it. they even like call me like hey do you guys do this and mm-hmm. i'm like no we don't and i became familiar with it when i was on my rotation so they pulled it out and they're like, oh, have you tried this before? And I was like, oh, what is it? And they're like, a chocolate therapy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't really know what that is. Like, I didn't really go over it in class. And then they're like, it's really good for like tendonitis, like you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if you have plantar fasciitis, like that's usually yeah. almost their go-to every single time when they that happens. So I was like, oh, I've had plantar fasciitis in the past. And then they're like, oh, do you want to give it a try? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, <laughs> like I'm always down to try new modalities. Why not? And they had me sit down, they took off my sock and everything, and they put it against my skin, and they were trying to tell me, like, the precaution. I can't really remember them, but they were telling me the precautions of, like, make sure it makes contact, this and that, da 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 But I will say that they had it on one of the lowish senti- settings, and it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> it, I did not like it. And I, I get there's benefits, but it, I, I think you have to, like, warn people, like, hey, just so you know, this, this is this gonna suck. This yeah. is, and if you want to bump it up too, like it just gets worse. Whoa. It just makes like this loud noise. Like you can hear that uh, crystal, whatever's in there, just kind of hitting the plate over and over again. Like it just sounds yeah. like it sounds like, like you're I in don't for think a rough it's time. Technically, like an actual crystal in there, but like there, there's something that's literally being shot down. Air compressed is like shooting this object down. Yeah, like constantly, and that's what it's doing. It's hitting this plate, and then that metal plate's hitting, that object's hitting, like, the metal plate that's on you, and then that's sending the, the waves out. And just it like is not. Giant click, 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 Which, click, click, click. And by just... the way, I, I want to point out, guys, um, this is the first time I'm hearing Ken's try shockwave therapy, and homeboy didn't tell me anything about it. <laughs> I didn't want to give you a preconception. I wanted um, you to experience it for yourself and then see how, what yeah. happens. So it, it's definitely not the most comfortable. They have two machines that they're using on me, which is interesting. So they have the shockwave therapy, which I think is just the normal standard one. And then they have the radial shockwave therapy. Now, in my research, I haven't 
I was trying to figure it out. I don't honestly truly understand the difference from my understanding. It has to do with the way patterns. Um, and then when I was getting it done today, the guy, the doctor doing it was describing it a little bit more. And he was saying that the radial usually is a better one for penetrating deeper into muscles and um, thicker soft tissue areas. Um, it is very uncomfortable over bone. Any bony parts, anything like that. It's literally like, it's like tens on a bone is very uncomfortable. The same same situation for this one. I'd almost probably say this worse. Well, yeah, no, it's worse. I'm just saying, like it's it's where you know you you can tolerate it on a bone, but it just doesn't feel good. <laughs> and so it's the same thing. But you're with just this, like, uh, oh, that looks like an ultrasound. I'm not really gonna feel anything. Nope, you, nope you're you're gonna nope. feel it. And it's, oh gosh, it's gonna suck. And, it, and it's so hard because okay, so the first doctor who did it was actually. Um, the resident, uh, who was in my consultation and everything like that, my meeting with the doctor and he, we decided to do it that day. And so he was the one who did it because the guy who normally does it was only does it in the morning. So he was already gone. So he did it and I had no, they forgot to tell me, Hey, by the way, you're going to be really sore afterwards. Um, I worked nine hours the next day. They're like, this is three times um, in total is what they're going to be doing. So it's not like you have to do a ton, which is great. And you get a week in between. But man, was I dreading today. And um, most of the times right now, it is out of pocket. And at least the place I'm playing and based off of just kind of what I've heard and looked around, it's kind of the same for a lot of places. It's two fifty a treatment, so Jeez. it adds up. Yeah, and so it, it's definitely not something like, hey, you know, that's going to be an easy like. A, it hurts. B, you're sore. The, you're sore the next twenty four hours at least. You can't take any anti inflammatories because they want the inflammation to come. Because again, that you know, I that's the one funny thing is lately we've realized, hey, inflammation is actually good for the body for a certain time period, so we're not rushing at decreasing that nowadays. What do you mean? Um, well, inflammation has always the, been good for the, it's a natural response to promote healing. You're correct, but how many times was it like right away? Like for example, like you get an ankle sprain or you have an injury or something like that, and they'd be like, "Oh, take anti-inflammatories right away." Now they're actually realizing, like, hey, like same thing, kind of almost like fevers and pains. Some of these fevers, if they're mild grade fevers, they tell you not to take or anti-inflammatory. Because your body's now supposed to be producing that. Like, it's just kind of like a little switch now of like, hey, you're going to get inflammation. We want this and we're going to keep it for a while. Now, when it becomes that chronic or past a certain time frame, that's when it becomes an issue. And I think we're yeah, just seeing that. Or if it becomes like painful. That, there's there's yeah, an excess amount of like, okay, you should try to work this down it. a little bit. But I've had exactly. a patient with a post-op knee and she had a little bit of swelling and she was like freaking out. And I was like, no, it's like. Yeah. it's not being painful like keep an eye on it of course but if it's not really bothering you like that's your body sending blood Healing. there in order for it to heal mm -hmm. yeah that's what no. inflammation is i think it's just i i've just noticed now that we're taking at least i i feel like i've noticed recently doctors and everything their go-to is no longer just like hey take this to curve this and more of like let your body do its thing and then take this. Um, so that's just kind of something I, I, I've noticed. But yeah, so like it's expensive. 
it's painful. You get sore. Um, it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not you, long. you went from discomfort to now painful. It's it's it, just it, it's, it, it hurts. It hurts. It it's, does. And I did it for like maybe I'm, I don't even how long do you how long is the session? Um, it's not long. That's the thing. So you're in like there maybe five, like ten minutes. Ten like, minutes. They do probably sh- around five for each of the tools. Maybe a little bit less. I think I did it for like a minute and I like tapped out. Yeah, and it's like and the weirdest. Like you were only on like ten. I can't remember the numbers, but it was still like, like a one lowish number. Like yeah, like yeah. And I was so. like, that sucks. And if I had yeah. like an actual flare up of plantar. And it's already like super tender, and then you're about to press the shockwave into it. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, it's miserable. not a pleasant feeling by any means. Like it hurts. Um, like it's the weirdest thing to describe. Like I'm pretty good at describing things and pain because I felt so many different way, different things uh my whole entire life, and so I've got a really good description bank of how to describe what people are feeling. And this one I can't describe because it's like this weird electric feeling that's pulsing through that's painful, but it's not like stabbing pain, but it's like a cross prickly stabbing pain, but that penetrates almost all the way through your ankle to the, even the other side. It's the weirdest thing. That's the, that's the best I can do, guys. Um, and so there's, there's cut. areas that are more tender than others. I'll so, say so to come full circle, why why would yes. you feel like this isn't recommended for everybody? Well, so as I was discussing with my patients, they were automatically like, hey, well, how come I wasn't offered that? And you gotta educate them, like just because like this is a new tech newer technology that's kind of coming out. Again, it's not super new. It's starting to get used. I think it's just becoming more widely available and a little more popular. Um, because it's actually working. Uh but a lot of patients hear that and then they think, hey, I want that. And they don't understand like, hey, you're not really appropriate for it. So like the patient who I was discussing with, I want to say she was a total knee or it was something like that. And um, pretty much hers was a lot of arthritis issues and it wasn't really a tendon issue. It's, it's more of a bone issue. And shockwave therapy for bones, not really going to be beneficial and that's why for me we think it's going to help my peroneals but it's not really going to help my achilles too much because my where we believe most of my pain from my achilles is coming from is actually more of a bone issue going on so you you have to talk patients through it and understanding what it is and now that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to talk them out of it um by no means am i a medical profession that should be giving advice on what they should do next but I can educate them on what it is and they want to bring it up with their doctor they can bring it up with their doctor and the two of them can decide but it's definitely one of those things where I feel like patients hear something and they want to just try it because it's new and fancy and they want to they just think that like hey if something's new it's going to automatically work for them and that's not always the case and some, like, I would even t- say some of our older patients, I, w- I don't even know if they could tolerate some of these, this shockwave therapy. Yeah, you just, definitely so tender. have to have a pretty high tolerance for, I would say, discomfort. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe if you hit certain spots, it's not too bad. But 
I mean, and where they did it on me, it was not comfortable, and it wasn't even like painful at that time. So I can only imagine having it be very tender and then put that on top of it. Yeah, it was interesting because the first day, um, I you know, they had poked on my foot and everything, but I didn't have that bad of a day at work the day before. So my foot wasn't as t- like painful going into the, the session, and I had done a lot of sitting that day. Where yesterday I had a really busy day at work. And so I woke up this morning and my foot was already still throbbing. And then I got that like right on top of it in the morning. And it it was actually more tender than the first day. But I will tell you, I felt a difference in my peroneals. They didn't flare up as easily this past work week, which was an interesting thing. They still flared eventually, but they weren't they weren't flaring up as bad or as intense. And they weren't flaring up as early in my work day too and I was like I said really busy pretty pretty much on Monday but again back to it it's like with patients that's part of our job like whether or not we perform some of these exercises you know it is important for us to know because then when you do get asked about it or you get told about it like you you know why they're doing it, the understanding of um what the procedure's most likely going to do. And I think that kind of like leads into your next story of, you know, what you came across today. So, yeah, and jumping into that. So what happened to me was I have a patient and they're not primarily my patient. I think out of their 30-ish visits they've had, I think I've seen them maybe three times. And I'm kind of familiar with their process, what they, what we're doing. And when I walked in today, they said that they were potentially getting Botox to address their issues. And then at that moment, I realized, one, I don't really know too much about the medical benefits of Botox. I feel like it has come up, but I just haven't really looked into it. Like, it's not something that's covered in school. It's something that you Mm kind of come across in the field. So to kind of go over Botox real quick for those who don't know. um, So Botox is the term almost like Band-Aid. It's just the, it's the trademark of a company that performs the procedure. So it's not actually, not all of it. Yeah, like Raston, same thing. Um, They're specific tools, but it's just ice them. But it's, uh, I have it all pulled up here, Uh, botulinum toxin. Um, So it's a neurotoxin protein that, prevents the neurotransmitter acetylcholine from axons endings and it prevents the entire process from happening and then causing paralysis. So we're about to throw in a lot of terms that Laura has a hard time pronouncing. And I'm only going to say that because I'm also going to have a hard time pronouncing it. That's why I'm not going to say I'm Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> so with this paralysis that happens, what I already knew about Botox And this procedure was mainly to assist with headaches and kind of like those, whether it's coming from the subox or from the temporalis, they'll inject this. It causes that paralysis state. It's no longer tense and it prevents the headaches. But the thing about it is it does cause paralysis. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is, um, I think from the research I've done, it's anywhere from three to four months is usually how long it lasts. And then they'll have to go in again for another round of injections. So my patient, when she first told me, 
I the first thing I thought of was like, okay, well, they have a lot of cervical stiffness, but they've never ever complained to me about headaches. Granted, I've only seen them three or four times, but they've never told me that they suffer from a lot of headaches. So she wasn't really asking for my advice. She just mentioned that um, the doctor was thinking about doing Botox injections for her. So what I did was I went over to my PTs after the treatment and at the end of the day and talked this over with them as to why she would be receiving injections and if she's a good candidate for it. One of my PTs started asking me all the questions as far as, because I asked him to kind of educate me on Botox and he's like, okay, well, it's only going to be effective if there's certain scenarios that are in play and that this is going to trigger. So that's when he brought up the headaches whether it's coming from tension or from the sub uh, suboxes. And he said that if it's going to be more muscular or nerve-related, then it will be effective. But if it's a structural issue, then it won't do anything because, I mean, Botox doesn't affect the, the bones. So in my head, well, I was like, I, I think can't... also joint, like, if you think arthritis, Botox isn't really going to do yeah. too much for arthritis. So I started thinking about the patient and what they're doing. I'm like, well, they have a lot of like cervical stiffness. They have almost no rotation. Flexion extension is fairly limited as well. And each time she comes in, she just wants to be really stretched. And to my knowledge, like that's what she was there for. And that's what's happening. So I talked to her primary provider. And this is when we're going to start throwing in all these terms. So prepare to be brushed up on your uh, spinal anatomy and diagnoses. I was like, more so, diagnoses. So she has ankylosing spondylitis. Say that 10 times fast. I probably can't even say it two times fast. <laughs> uh, Laura, have you ever treated anybody with this, to your knowledge? Yeah. How did, like how did that... Way back. How did that oh, go? Oh, gosh. I, can't. I don't oh. recall. I, I remember reading it. And going, I always get all of the spondylosis and all that jazz a little confused. So I always have to Google. <laughs> so I remember it from school. Uh, they mentioned it as bamboo spine is what the nickname was Which I never heard this, guys, until like Ken brought And it. like, oddly enough, I remember that it was the very last slide of a certain lecture and just one slide. Because they said it's so uncommon for us to treat. That it's just like, oh, here you go. You might need to know this for the exam, but you might never really come across it. And during my rotation, I came across it. I had somebody that was fairly progressed um, in this diagnosis. And what happens is it's an inflammation of the joints and the spine that eventually leads to a fusion, essentially. Mm -hmm. And the fusion is like happening along the anterior fusion. portion. Yeah, so the anterior portion of the spine is starting to fuse, which makes them go into this hunched position. And the biggest concern when this happens is that they're going to have trouble breathing. So the lungs collapse, they start getting compressed. And this is, I want to say, the, the leading cause of death once you get diagnosed with this is if you're not keeping up with your good posture over time, you just lean forward and forward and forward, and then it gets harder and harder to breathe. And then that's what usually ends up happening. When you think about it too, if because it doesn't just affect the cervical spine, 
you know, it's going to go down the spine too. You can have this in the lumbar too, from my knowledge, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, so this happens throughout yeah. the entire spine. So Usually like it's cervical, thoracic, and then thoracic as you're kind of going, hits, yeah. mainly thoracic. But you think about your really thoracic. that's what really gives you that trademark those are also hunched those over. ribs too. Yeah, ribs so everything just kind of collapses in on itself, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so hard to breathe. Not moving. When I was treating this patient during my rotation, we barely did anything to my knowledge I can remember. Um, we did some like light core strengthening and the thing is like it's not going to move and there's almost mm-hmm. nothing we can do that's going to make it move so like doing i think we were supposed to avoid extension i can't really remember um it's been so long since i've treated um this specific diagnosis but when i brought it up with my other pt the one that's her primary therapist and i was like oh yeah like i remember kind of talking about that before and I tried to make the connection between that and Botox. And the first thing he said is it's going to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> because ankylosing spondylitis is a structural issue when Botox affects more muscular in the nerves. It's starting, mm-hmm. It stops that acetylcholine transmission, which means there's no contractions, and now you're going to that paralysis. And the other words that we were trying to compare this to just so... Laura and I were on the same page because we were going back and forth on this. Um, so you have ankylosing spondylitis, which is the fusion of the bones. You have spondylosis, which is the separation of the pars inticularis. And this can also lead into a Scotty dog fracture. And then you also have spondylolisthesis, which is the also There's the slippage. There's a lot of spondos. Yeah. But there's one that's just like anterior translation. And then if you have that fracture, you get the sky dogs fracture. And that's kind of the little And I'll be the first to say, when I see all those those things come up, I'm really bad at honestly remembering which one's which. I don't know why. It's just always kind of confused my brain. But like I know the treatment for each one. (laughs) So sometimes I will. Don't be afraid, guys. If you see something and you're like, wait a minute, I forgot exactly which one that is. Google it. I Google the definitions all the time sometimes. Yeah, I do want to say like spondololisthesis and spondolysis. Spondololysis. Um, I think those things. those lead from one to another. I think it's kind of like yeah. a progression. You can have um, it versus the yeah. ankylosing spondylitis that's completely different from these. Mm-hmm. This is just that inflammation. I want to say it's considered autoimmune as well. Um, I think, I think so. I think it's somewhere. almost like a type of a an RA in a way, right? Uh, I want to say so, yes. I think. Um, it is a type of arthritis, but yeah. I want to say, I, wanted, I do want to say it's autoimmune, but I'm not entirely sure. I but think this it, just it, causes, let's say just for like the patient, like it just causes this yeah. overwhelming stiffness that, so we mainly focus on her thoracic and her cervical so we do a lot of like stretching cervical we kind of get some rotation in there and this like then won't move after a certain point so we just kind of at this point more managing making sure that she keeps mm-hmm. up with her extension she keeps up with the mobility and just That's not let it take over and have her hunch forward and then lose the mobility she already has yeah. and she's been it's doing like- a great job she's super active those pilates plays uh, golf plays pickleball she does a whole bunch of sports 
I want to say she's like in her 50s, 60s. So she's super active, which is great. Because um, she's definitely a better case than the one I treated during my rotation. Yeah. And with this too, like it's not one of those things where like we're never going to be able to prevent it from progressing. Because that's just not the the way it is. Um, however, you can slow down the progression. And you can really make her work the best at sh- what she's got type situation but like again the reason of knowing is now by knowing what that what botox does and what it's really geared towards you now have a little more expectations on how to treat her too of like okay there's a good chance hey she's gonna come back and botox didn't work and you can kind of manage the expectations a little bit and educate a little bit why possibly she's not feeling any better hey if it does great then maybe there's something else going on we just don't know um, so you, you, that's the one thing about like knowing what these are, what these procedures are, and then managing expectations and being able to educate the patients is so important because even though we don't perform these procedures, we're not the ones who decide these procedures. These are all things that are going to affect the way that they either are being treated in physical therapy or their expectations of kind of healing which just play a role with us. So that was kind of my two cents. I agree. But those are cases. Uh, if anybody else also has some experience with kind of some conflicting or kind of falls in line with not every procedure is for everybody. Um, everybody's a little bit different and people respond to things a little bit different as well. Uh, let us know down in the comments on our Instagram. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And for now, we'll catch you guys next week. Yep, you guys have a great weekend, all right?